Um, uh, ju just to, to sort of give you just a, a, a brief thought, I wanted to just share with you how momentous I believe that this time is, this time in which we're living is a very momentous time. Uh, you and I have come to the kingdom for such an hour. Uh, one of the, the greatest concerns I've ever had uh, in, in my life and in ministry is to be thrust on a stage and not have something to give. I mean, that has always been something of concern to me. And I also, I've always wanted to share something that is worthy of your time, and not to just come and, and, as it were, waste your time. Something that is on my heart and has been on my heart is the state of the church. And I can't seem to shake it. You know, sometimes if I can shake it, I believe it's not God but me. And, but uh, when I just can't shake it. And so the state of the church is always on my mind and heart. And I believe that, thank you so much. I believe that the Lord has uh, placed something on my heart about the state of the church. And I believe that this is what my ministry is about and your ministry is about. So my ministry, your ministry. And uh, God has given us a ministry, my wife and I, and you are an extension of that ministry, but not just as a recipient, but also uh, as someone who is to declare those things that God has made real in you to others. So you are also a proclaimer of those things. So you're not just a recipient. So the thing that I believe the Lord wants us to understand is that this decade that we are entering now is a very serious decade. It's going to be a telling decade. That is, that what God uh, has given us to do, we must be found faithful doing it, not just, as it were, uh, passing time with it and uh, taking it easy. There was an expression when I was a boy, it was called being at ease in Zion. You know, just not doing the things that Zion requires. And Zion, uh, meaning the city of the great king, it's the throne of God, being in the very presence of God, receiving from God, but doing nothing with what we receive. So that is always big in my mind and heart. And I don't want to uh, always be rallying the troops, as it were, marching off to war, but I do want us to understand the seriousness of the hour. I also wanted to say, as we enter into this, this season, that as uh, Brother Kenneth said, that things are not going to get better, they will get worse and worse. Um, they may appear better outwardly, but they will become worse and worse. And so that means that just as the diamond's uh, uh, brilliance is seen uh, on, uh, against the black cloth, so the brilliance of the church, the beauty of the church, the glory of the church, the glory of Jesus Christ will be seen more, more vividly. Uh, it will be very resplendent against the dark days that we are entering, already are in, but will enter into greater. Um, I was looking at um, Matthew chapter 24, and Matthew, Matthew 24, verse 1 he says, the scripture reads, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. And that actually happened. But if you'll look at the reality of this thing, it happened to the people of God. 
those were the people who had the law and they were the keepers of the oracles of God, but they had become so co-opted by religion and the world system around them that they didn't know they were backslidden. And so, I, I, you know, this thing is just pressing on my heart so, so strongly. Uh, the scripture says, now as he, Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when, when will these things be? Tell us when will uh, these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And we are the generation that has appeared at the end of the end of days. I, I believe that. Now, if I don't see, I, I know the Lord has promised me that my eyes will see the end of this era. And uh, this era and age are really correspond. So it, the end of this age or the end of this era, but I will, my eyes will see the end of that. And that means that many of you, if not all of you, uh, will see that as well. And so that means that you and I must be aware of so many things that, that are happening. Um, uh, I, I find that uh, if I may say, I, I don't want to, we have such wonderful praise and worship, and we're so high, I don't want to bring us down from that, so we may have to sing after this, you know, but uh, I, I find that so many of us are conflicted, and we're going to be dealing with that in the days to come, uh, the, the, the conflict, uh, the confliction of the church, you know, why we are so conflicted, and we're, we're going to bring a lot of, I believe, uh, understanding to that in the days to come. But the disciples wanted to know when are these things going to happen. And uh, Jesus uh, is going to tell them, and I'll read it, I believe, quickly. But I want to uh, reiterate that, that we have been in the end times uh, since the first century. Uh, we have been in the end times. But God is not um, sadistic. He doesn't get pleasure. He's not at all sadistic. He doesn't get pleasure out of our pain. He does not. But the scripture says that, that he is long-suffering because he's not willing that any should perish. And the Lord is long-suffering not only with the world, but he is long-suffering with us. He is long-suffering with us because a lot of us should have gotten it together better than we have gotten it together. We should have been a lot further down the road uh, than we are. But uh, he has been long-suffering with us. But uh, I want us to, to just look very quickly, and uh, those of you who will be coming Sunday, you'll hear some of these things in greater detail. But I want us to really uh, take inventory and ask ourselves the tough questions. If we don't allow others to ask us tough questions, then maybe we'll allow ourselves to ask ourselves tough questions. And we can ask us uh, ourselves, where am I? And if you were asked that, then the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit is everywhere, you know. He has come to the earth, and he, he has pervaded the earth. He has pervaded the earth. He's everywhere in the earth and uh, convicting um, uh, uh, the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He is doing that. Uh, I was, uh, last night, uh, I was in the bed, and, and I, was, I wake up a lot, and I pray I used to try to get back to bed and convince God that I needed to sleep more than I needed to pray. I know none of you has ever done that, but I have. And uh, I don't do that anymore. But I was praying, and, uh, and I was saying, and, and it, either in my prayer or just musing, 
I said, I want to see such and such a person. I've not talked to this person, Lord. Wow, I need to do better. And I walked in the office this morning, and there was this person sitting alone, and I had an opportunity to talk to this one. And, and, I, and, I, and I said another one. I said, oh, God, you know, I was just talking to, like, praying, and then I talked a little bit, and I said, Lord, there's somebody else. I've not said hi. And it's not like me not to say hi to this person. And then after everything was clear, this person appeared in my doorway and was asking questions. And I was able to say again, and I thought, you are an amazing God. Because both of those little, those musings or prayer, you, you answered right there so beautifully. So, so somebody was testifying tonight, and you were talking about how God is there. I think maybe even Elsie, you were talking about how God is there every moment. And I want us to understand that, really get that. Because our longing, our heart, is that we will present you fully mature to the Lord, and that you will take the words that we speak as, as, the, as they are, the words of God. So let's look at, 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 at what Jesus is saying here to us, and, um, and I'll try to get this done in about five or so minutes, because I would like for us to spend a, a, a moment of prayer. I'm going to ask the elders to come first, and the elders, you, you're going to take about a minute, minute and a half, and uh, that means elders, wives, or whomever, okay? Verse 4 says, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. So that means you're responsible that nobody deceives you. And so you can't look to the world for the world not to deceive you. If you're looking to the world, you will be deceived. If you're looking to the world, you will be deceived. And so there are still believers who think that there's something uh, worthy in the world. He said, so don't look to them. He says, for many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ and will deceive many. So he's saying you have to watch everybody who comes in and, and, and calls out God's name, a church. And we, you know, it, it's not naivete, I don't think. It's just it's something stronger. It's just ignorance, spiritual ignorance. You know, and, and I, I can't grasp if we're under a, a good educational system that we're not supposed to be spiritually ignorant. And I find a lot of people don't have a spiritual intelligence that they should have. It's because you have to actually be repudiating truth. I mean, you have to be actively repudiating it uh, to not have that spiritual intelligence. Jesus is saying to his people, his disciples, uh, um, let, don't let anybody deceive you. Do not let that, that happen. Because people will come in my name saying, I, I am the Christ and, and will deceive many. Now, they knew that this wouldn't be Jesus, but they will come in the name of the Lord or saying some words. And we say, oh, they said, and we forget about what they do. And you have to watch that. And uh, now I'm, I'm talking about those of us who are entering this decade. You know, you, you are purveyors of truth. And then you're looking for truth and you are a, a, a dispenser of the truth. And so I, as, a, as a dispenser of the truth, out of no truth is coming out of me. You know, I'm not the source, but I am conduit. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. And so, so we want to do that. And we want to make sure that we go into this decade very sober and mature, not just feeling things as it were, but knowing. He says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for 
all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. I don't know exactly what theologians say about this particular passage, but all of my life I've been taught that this is sort of an ongoing thing. It, it was in the first century, but it, it wasn't just for the first century. It's for the ongoing centuries, for the rest of the time. We're always hearing of some war, something going on. Somebody's bomb, being bombed. Somebody's trying to bomb. Somebody's trying to kill. Somebody's trying not to be killed. Somebody is, 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 is in the embassy. Somebody's storming the embassy. There's always some craziness going on. And uh, it's like terrorism is crazy. Anarchy is, is pervasive all over the world. Men uh, are refusing to be governed, and that's the world that we're in. So if the world is re refusing to be governed, we cannot ourselves be ungovernable. We cannot change uh, uh, this world by being like the world. Paul tells us very, very clearly that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not carnal. They are not natural weapons. I'm talking to a bunch of Texans in here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You, know, you know exactly what I'm saying. And so, so, so and if you want to discuss it, I, I'm, I'm so willing to discuss it with you at some juncture. But, uh, but uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. I believe Sister Stephanie sang tonight, uh, this is how I fight my battles. And she said, with praise and thanksgiving. I mean, you know, with praise and thanksgiving. I mean, she's thinking, I'm thinking, that's exactly right. You know, we can praise. You know, when uh, um, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, was confronted with the people of Am Ammon and Moab and a bunch of tribes of people, they had come against the people of God to destroy them. I think it's Second Chronicles chapter 20. They had come against the people of God to destroy them. Well, there is a concerted effort in the world. Demonic powers uh, have come against the people of God. Everything practically that I see in the world today is not coming against particular nations. It is coming against the one nation, the people of God, God's only people. That's what this is about. And it is about strengthening you and me. And this is what God wants to do in this hour is to strengthen us. We must go through it. We won't evade it. And so we are because this is about us more than it is about them. And I want you to understand that. So there's always some kind of a war, but it's all against us. It's against the church. It's against the church being the glorious church, the light uh, in the midst of great darkness, the city that's set on a hill that cannot be missed. That's, that's who we are. That's what we are. But we must be very, very careful. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 11, maybe about verse 13, that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And as I've said recently several times, I do not believe that's what we have always interpreted it to mean, that now we must become violent to take the kingdom. It's absolutely false. What it means is that strong, vicious people have taken the kingdom and, wants to, and they want to commandeer it into a direction that they think it should go rather than following the dictates of the Holy Spirit. And so what we, the people of God, the lambs of God, the gentle ones, the ones uh, who are from the, uh, the one who will not uh, break a bruised reed, uh, nor will he, he quench smoking flax, but yet he brings justice to victory. That's, that's the one uh, that we come from. And so I want us to really take a good look at, at our Christianity, and, and let's see if it passes the litmus test of Scripture. 
And that's what we must do in the days to come, in the hours actually to come. We must begin to do that and see that. Now, Christianity, uh, uh, Peter tells us, it, it, these things did not come uh, from some cleverly devised tales or stories. Uh, you know, but, but the Holy Spirit moved on, on holy men, righteous men, and they wrote these, these things down. And these are time-tested. Oh, wow. Okay, super. I'm so sorry, but um, my time has just slipped away. So, so let me just sum up, and I want you all, you all to come up, about, about three or four of you, just to come up and just, just say a, a, a prayer. It can't be long. Un momento, okay? In just a minute. You know, just, and, but I want you to about a minute, minute and a half prayer. Okay, but, but, but this is what I want to say. I want to say to all of us that it doesn't matter where you are, I believe, politically. Uh, and I, I recently came to this understanding that it, you may be on one side of the political debate and somebody's on the other side and you both love Jesus. And now rather than wondering how in the world did you get over there or, you know, whatever, then you must, be, both sides are, are being tested. Both sides are being tested as to whether or not they will comport themselves righteously. Both sides. And the Holy Spirit has revealed that to me so vividly and so clearly. So I, I, I don't fool with that stuff except to expose it. So uh, let's, let's be aware of who we are. Let's be aware of what God has entrusted us with. And uh, we're going to now pray, uh, as it were, this old year out. And we're going to pray the new one in. And uh, you, you, those of you who come, I'm going to ask for three or four of you to come. And there's a clock on the wall. So at 11.59, you've got to be done. All right? If you're praying in the middle of your prayer, come. Lord bless you. Now remember the time. You can't come up here and forget what I said. Watch the clock. Well, well, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for your great love. Father, thank you for 2019, Lord God, but uh, more than that, thank you for 2020 coming up, Lord God. Father, thank you for strengthening your body. Father, preparing us for that which is about to come upon the earth, Lord God. And Father, that you give us clear vision, Lord, not to be cliche on 2020 vision, Father, but to, be, uh, uh, to have clarity of vision and to know what it is you're doing and to hear what it is you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. From First Chronicles, chapter 4, verse 32. And of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise. We thank you indeed for giving to your people the spirit of the sons of Issachar, who had knowledge of the times to know indeed what Israel ought to do and give us the knowledge of the times to know the times in which we are living and to know that which we should do as the church of Jesus Christ. Indeed that we have come to the end of the age, the coming of your kingdom. Indeed and we see the wars, the rumors of wars, 
the famines, the pestilences, the earthquakes, and so forth. Indeed, but cause us, indeed, to be those who will watch and pray. Watch and pray. And indeed, to know the importance of who we are as the Church of Jesus Christ in these times. Bring together unity among your people. Those who worship you in spirit and in truth. And cause this fellowship to be all that you have purposed. And we give you thanks. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Father, the scripture tells us that Jesus, being tempted by the devil, uh, the evil one asked him to turn the rock into bread. And Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Lord, this is what we will stand on. We're going to stand upon, believe in, adhere to, trust upon the word of God. The words that are spoken to us, that are spoken into us, and, and the prophetic word which were given to us tonight. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would be busy occupying, doing that which you've called us to do. You said, the psalmist said, ask of me and I'll give you the nations, the nations for an inheritance for you. Lord, we're asking for more nations, more nations, open more doors for us that we may be able to bring Christ-centeredness, that we may be able to see uh, this gospel preaching all the world and then the end come. But I'm also asking you, Father, as I remember the day when pastor stood and he said, I see two or three hundred of you coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. Lord, continue to raise up the two or three hundred from this fellowship and from all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that we are called by your name, that we are your people, the sheep of your pasture. And Father, that we, we hear your voice and we obey it. And yet you are the great shepherd and you love us so much, Father. So we thank you for this season we're entering into, Father. And Father, we don't know the time of your coming, but Lord, we know the season. And that you give us the wisdom and the discernment to understand and to see the times and see the time that we're living in, Father. So I thank you, Lord. I ask your blessing over this entire congregation that we have your wisdom and your spirit that dwells in us constantly. Father, that we don't miss anything that you have for us, in store for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, Father, that uh, in the beginning of January of 2019, you brought us from there to now. We've been through some journeys, some good, not some rocky, some smooth, but Lord, you brought us through. And Lord, you never left us, nor did you ever forsaken us, Father. You've been there with us when we were not feeling good. You've been there when we were in our best. And Lord, we thank you. And Lord, we just pray for now for 2020 that you do the same, Father God. Lord, because let your word continue to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, Father. Lord, that we will not stumble, but we will walk with soundness of mind and clarity, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the prayers that are prayed in this place. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, let's all stand. And uh, we've got a few seconds left, and I want to just say uh, this brother writes to his wife, and uh, he says to his sweetheart, his baby, uh, God is full of surprises, doing marvelous things in our lives. For me, the most marvelous thing he has done beside giving me the free gift of salvation is to give me you. I feel that I'm truly blessed of the Lord. You are the love of my life. You're the woman I've dreamed of. 
You're everything I hope for and everything I need. I find my life complete in you. Thank you for everything you are. You're perfect for me. In the short time we've been married, I've come to know you much better than I've ever known anyone before. With every new revelation, I come to love you more. I ask our Heavenly Father to make the ne this ne next... <laughs> uh, uh, 